want to welcome you. My name is Robert Morgan. Thank you for joining us. There's a life enjoy prophetic encounter. As we are wrapping up our season one for the life enjoy prophetic encounter, we're just praying for people, asking God to bless them and their families, praying over their request even before the year ends. And then believing God for more of what they will do even in the coming year. God bless you. So whenever you are ready, just take the shot and present your prayer request and then we'll pray for you. today the first prayer we lift that prayer for you that the glory of God will manifest in your life that the power of God which is eminent in glory will appear in your life that you will experience the blessings of God that the hand of God will be mighty upon you and that God will reign in your life 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you, Isabel. It will surely come to pass. We'll be waiting for the next prayer. If you have a very good question from the Bible you want to challenge me with or you want to ask us, I'll gladly come in and help you.
in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for you, Mr. Cornelius. May the healing of God be your portion. May the power of God heal you. May you be healed. May the wind of God grant you peace and stability at home. And may God open the doors for you. For you to get a new job. May the hand of God be mighty. And may the word of God be fulfilled concerning your life. Say, you are not dying. You are living to declare the works of God. Receive that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord help you. My brother Evans, may God preserve you. You will not be swept away. Let the hand of God be mighty upon you and preserve you in the mighty name of Jesus. And may the beauty of the Lord's glory manifest upon your life in the mighty name of Jesus. 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 Amen. Today, um, my pastor Richard um, will be taking us through another activity. I think he will be asking me some questions uh, concerning the work that I do. And I'll be answering all of them for him and for everybody. Um, it's definitely going to be a good time. I believe it's going to be powerful. Okay, so Pastor Richard, Hello, Papa. into your hands. Thank you, Papa. Papa, there are some things I want to ask you. Wow. Guys, I want to ask you, how many times have you wanted to quit ministry? Hey, Richard. Powerful. <laughs> I I don't remember the number of times, but <laughs> um, I think several times. Uh, especially when um, you had a point in. Um, the ministry where um, I think one of the points I wanted to quit was let me I think let me use the incidents to rather talk than just to generalize it 
was when um, um, we lost the house we were having service in and we needed a property. And um, I mean, before we lost the place, I was I was I was having some a lot of kills. I remember. I mean the stress and just looking for a property as we were looking for a place to buy as a land. I mean, there was no money. Um, um, my key people who were loyal to me were picking up in life. They didn't have jobs. Um, there was one key person, uh, Mr. Keris and um, Mrs. Love. They were those times one of our key people that were supporting us. But the land was too much for them at that time. So you realize that this time the challenge that was in was bigger than our resources. And that was one time I remember having a discussion with them that they should go and look for money and bring it to me, <laughs> even if it's a loan. And uh, none of them came back again. I remember lying in bed and uh, washing tears. Uh, I really wanted to quit. And, um, uh, <laughs> the strength of God came for me. Another point was um, someone I had raised up and built um, ministry. Um, the guy placed me in a tough situation. I think I remember when I was standing at the police station, I, I lifted my eyes to the heavens and I was like, ah, I see we pray for him, already. Ministry Peno will be to my audio, Mope. I remember saying something like that, Ministry Peno will be to my audio, Mope. So I think I'll share these two. Some of them are. Scars, I can only celebrate them in heaven. Here, not some of them are scars. I can only celebrate them in heaven. I cannot celebrate them here. So um, these two are enough. Uh, so I think. Um, thank you for that question. <laughs> thank you, Baba. Uh, Baba, I would like to ask you one more question too. Hey, okay. I want to know. If there's any movie ministry that you regret you ever made. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was on the Ministry of Help. Um, ministry is very beautiful, but it's very grave. When I say grave, I'm using G-R-A-V-E. -E. I'm not using grave like the, the graveyard. Ministry is beautiful, but it can be a place where you can be buried because you are facing the devil every time. So it's it's a very tough ministry. is very tough, and um, especially when you decide to um, um, do it with your whole heart. There was a ministry move um, 
when I started our church and we were at a fellowship level. You know, our church, we started as people praying in the park, then it grew to having a fellowship in the house, and then it became a fellowship officially, and then we grew to become a church. Between that period, I was um, a prayer warrior for a very anointed man of God, who is my father, Archbishop Duncan Williams. And um, he witnessed the ministry I had and uh, wanted me to stay in action. Um, he knew, I mean, you know, at even fellowship level, I'd planted two churches already. So he knew I was that son for him that was always everywhere. So um, one day he called me into the office and um, told me I should stay home so that I'll be comfortable because outside there is a lot. When I look at um, that particular point and um, the decision I took, I took the decision for our church. And I had a lot of young people. Uh, my ministry have been backed by a lot of young, 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 young people. And uh, choosing the challenges uh, outside there, going against my father's plans and um, starting a new ministry. It's, 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 it's basically um, 10 years now, but 20 years in ministry. You know, next year is 21 years in ministry. Um, that price of paying for um, choosing not to be comfortable the place where I have helped build and to start a new one and the challenges that comes whilst you are building this new one. I mean, I remember when I was being ordained, I looked down there from his office and I saw my members in the car parking lot waiting for me uh, as I was passing through the corridor and he was discussing with me the challenges outside ministry. To stay because I knew I was on a mission. Um, I was placed on the mission department to be sent outside Ghana very soon, and I just took a decision against it. And that move was was what has given birth to all of you. It, it comes with a price, but I paid. <laughs> Yeah, Pastor Richard, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing. I would like to add one more question, if I'm permitted to. <laughs> you are permitted. <laughs> Thank you, Baba. Baba, I want to know, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made in ministry? I, I, I think, um, to be very honest, uh, the biggest area um, I have faced um, in my ministry was in the area of relationship. I, I think that um, that area um, um, really marked me from the early beginnings of my ministry. You know? And um, it gave me a very tough time. It was um, 
Relationship is very important, and as a man of God, you have to be very careful who you roll out with. You know, and I think if you're pastor on this platform, or you'll be coming back to listen to me again, you should really pray about your relationship, your marriage. Um, pray really about it very well. Uh, because even there are pastors who take advantage of you uh, concerning some of the members because you have a relationship issue. It's, it's something that can affect your ministry significantly. And um, I believe it's it's one of the best things you need to go and sort before you come into ministry. Uh, now God has given me peace, but it's one area that can really cost you. And um, you need to really pray about it. It's, it's more from the things I've suffered. So I can advise you and encourage you to pray a lot into that area. Uh, because most of the times when you step into the water of ministry, the water will keep on rising. You see what I'm saying? Uh, like the prophet in the temple in the book of um, Ezekiel. Sorry, Jeremiah. The, the water in the temple will keep on going higher. Will keep going higher. Will move from your toe to your knee. It will keep going higher. And when the challenges of ministry keeps going higher, you need somebody who is really somebody who sees herself. Um, you know, now um, in a very knowledgeable world at this time, um, equality is very important because if if if. Debaters do not argue about equality in among couples. Some of them will even take knives and kill them. But the fundamental basis for the marital standards in the Bible did not give room for that. Um, you know, uh, a wife was a helpmate. Um, it gives you the man that she is not going to do that. Then you are going to do it yourself. She is just coming in to help. You know. And um, in our world now, it's changing. So God is also preparing good women um, for pastors and for people who are into ministry because of the price they pay. And my prayer for you is you will not miss that particular person so that you will not suffer the things you've gone through. So Richard, that, that is a very honest answer I've given you. Rafa, thank you very much. I'm grateful. And I've learned a lot from what you have shared with us. I've been wanting to ask you these questions for some time now. Thank you for the platform. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, okay, so I think that we can, uh, let's see. Um, we can have um, um, maybe one question more, Richard. What do you think? 
Everyone, what do you think? Do you want one question more or is it fine? Next week we'll continue or you want one more question? Okay, Papa. Oh, <laughs> Let me ask you this one more question. Okay. What's been your biggest joy in ministry? Hey. <laughs> um, okay, one ministry is like projects. You finish it, another one comes. So let's say you are looking for a church land and then God opens the door immediately by god's grace the land appears you are paid for it and a short period you will enjoy yourself you're excited you are even talking to your friends about it god has done it for me oh you know because some of the pastors go through a lot some of them even don't have a place they do their church service some of them are still renting so by the time you finish um that project and you're excited a short while you realize that now the new project comes, building it. When you finish building it, then the next project comes, filling it. You start filling it. So it's full joy. I mean, it's full joy, but it's full of projects. Projects that needs to be achieved. Somebody comes to you, um, Pastor, I'm not feeling well. I have issues. I remember somebody walked into my office and sat in front of me with a pale face and said, I have HIV. I was taken back and you know and said I really want you to pray for me because I had a dream and you were praying for me and it went away you know we sat on that journey for a month of fasting and prayers non-stop and uh, God did it the person recovered uh, and when the person recovered uh, went to the hospital did the test and she came back saying she's okay you know, and then you think the person will be staying even in church to give their testimony for somebody else to hear it. A week or two, the person doesn't come to church again. You call, the person doesn't even respond. And then straight away, you close your heart, you look for the next person who needs the miracle, and you pray for the person. Just like that. It's, 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 it's a project that you leave what has been experienced behind and then you quickly move on again and uh, for instance it's our church now when we finished our church our church was um, it's not worse but it's one of our beautiful beautiful edifice you can find in our neighborhood but you realize that um, now we have to expand so we are expanding uh, it's 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 like that it takes ministry takes everything away from you that's why um, I want to especially speak to all of you to have high respect for men of God. Um, you may have a lot of reasons for whatever you want to do to them or be angry with them or fight them, but you don't have an idea what they sit on. It's, 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 it's people's life. You know, people's, people's life are in their hands. It's the, the work they do is the work of taking care of people's lives. Uh, they have been a small character challenge, they will have a problem in taking care of people. If they have anointing problem, they will have a problem in taking care of people. Any problem they have with themselves will affect the work they do. If they have a family problem, it will come back and affect the church. I mean, it's ministry is everything. So there is a point you are excited about what has come 
you are happy, you are full of joy about the ministry, but immediately you need to continue on the next project, you know. Uh, for instance, now we are looking, we are praying and being fighting for expanding our churches outside Ghana. And it's, it's a huge battle. And uh, it takes different, different projects. There is a point in ministry, five projects have to give you one solution. So let's say you want to fill your church. That means so winning project will start. That means consistency will start. That means you have to stop certain messages and certain programs will start. So whilst other churches close to you are organizing big, big events, you are concentrating on expanding your church. And because of that, you cannot experience that joy other churches are experiencing. But you can. But because of what the project that is in front of you, you can do what everybody, what everybody does. So ministry, um, the word I will use is it takes everything that you have and gives you only joy back. Yes. When you see people healed, you are happy. When you see their tears are wept, you are happy. Uh, when you see that somebody who was broke is now well to do, you are happy. Uh, you influence people's decisions. So sometimes you are careful. Sometimes you are. And there are things that also takes away your joy, you know, as a man of God. When you don't spend more time with God and you spend more time with the people, you lose your respect, you lose your honor. Um, you don't dine, you know, there are ethics around the work we do. You don't just dine with anyone, you just don't eat with anyone. If you don't believe it, come into ministry, try one and see. Um, the reason is because the devil does not like you. Sometimes even good relationships, he will destroy it so that your name and your image will be tarnished. So it's, it's a careful kind of atmosphere. So men of God, a lot of them don't have the joy. But I want to tell them that there is joy in ministry. Like you should, they should focus on the assignment and the cross. When they get the assignment done, you know, Jesus spoke, it, spoke about it in a short way. He says that, um, when you finish your assignment, say that you are an unwieldy servant. You know, when you finish it, don't let the joy get into your head. You know, especially when you are able to pray, let's say, for five hours, it can easily get you proud because you think the rest of the members can pray with you for two hours or less than that, so you're on top of the world. So immediately you finish it, there is a point you enjoy yourself and then the next project starts. You, you will be doing that till the Lord calls you into heaven, especially when you are a minister or you are a church worker. It doesn't stop. It will keep on. It will keep on happening. You know, especially in our church when very soon you realize that some of the pastors that we have built would have to travel to other countries. Um, um, when the other part of the project, which I've already introduced to them, about five years ago, you know, we introduced a project that every pastor should get something to do. Now we send you to South Africa, um, or we send you to any other foreign country to start ministry there. Uh, if you solely rely on ministry, now if you really want to come into full-time ministry, then it means before you come as a young pastor, you must have a business that is overriding, overflowing. 
what it means is that you have done your business so well that you are overflowing with financial resources enough, then you can come into full-time ministry. So we realized that a lot of pastors were not properly taught, built, and advised. And sometimes I don't blame them. I blame the the publicity, the public. You have pastors preaching on unimaginary, unachievable messages for them. And sometimes they don't listen to the advice they receive from home. And they start running unnecessarily. They think ministry is a place where you get money quickly. Ministry is a place where you get what you want. They don't know that ministry is giving. It's giving everything you have. So uh, it's, 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 it's complicated. So I've spoken to you about pastors, their joy, how they will do things to get their joy, what they do that does not. Um, and, and then you also have to be careful of strange people, um, people who, uh, one of the people that takes pastors their joy away a lot is people who betray them. So I think you should also surround yourself with good people. They can be one, they can be two. Um, I think pastors must also put at the back of their mind that they can't have the life members have, so their life will be restricted a bit, you know. And especially in this world now, when um, there are kinds of other colleagues of mine who can flow everywhere in the world, they think that is the usual nature of the world. For instance, I'm a prophet. Sometimes when I sit outside, I see visions of people whose heads are... I remember during my father's funeral recently, I was sitting there and I saw somebody dancing, but the person's head was down and the legs were up. You know, the, the outside world is not really for us. We receive from inside and give to the world so that the world will change. We don't receive from the world and come and give inside. And that's where um, your previous question comes in. If you're a pastor, you have to really look for somebody who is not receiving from the world to come and bring it to you you know so you really need to find a helper who is pushing you from inside outside so that you'll be able to deliver your assignment so i i i pray that you will find all the joy um, that you need and um, our joy comes when miracles happen when our members are happy I tell you, it's our job. But immediately after that, the next project starts. Thank you, Papa. I'm very grateful. Okay. I think, um, should we take a last question before we go? I think uh, I'll give my best to give the last question. And then uh, I think um, after the last question, we'll go. Uh, Becky say yes, please. So I think Richard, you can ask another question again and then we'll close it up. Okay, Papa, thank you. Okay, Papa, I would like to know that the things that you know now, what would you say to yourself when you first started ministry? <laughs> wow, that's a good question. Okay, um, okay, when the first place I'll put a lot of investment will be um, uh, my leaders. I will really make time for them. 
before we even launch out to say we are starting a church. I would love to really, really, really uh, teach my leaders and um, teach them very well. And um, yeah, I would love to teach them very well. Um, they, the leaders have the voice, they, they have direct contact with you, with the members. And um, you should, you as a pastor can have direct members, connections or relationship with the members, but if you overstep your boundaries as a pastor, you'll be in trouble. So a pastor who is aware of this um, guides himself. Some of them, they carry smiles and they'll be laughing, but uh, they are not laughing. Sometimes they are laughing, but they are protecting themselves. Um, like me, who is very clear-cut, you will see straight away, I won't even come around. Uh, other pastors may be smiling, but uh, maybe unfortunately for me, because I'm a prophet, but... I, I think that if you're a pastor, you should really invest a lot into your leaders before the ministry starts a lot because um, you open opportunities for um, some of these people. Some of them are Gehazi. After you prayed for one of the rich people who you know God is bringing into the ministry, you know 20-80 principle that 20% gives 80 uh, percent of church resources or help and 80% give 20%. So sometimes there are some people they are in your 20%. You know that they are going to help projects to be accomplished easily so that you can go and do your ministry work. Now let's say you make a mistake and you send one of these young boys who is maybe your pastor or your prophet to go and pray for the person. The person will exchange numbers with this person into their house to go away. By the time you realize um this person God brought to come and do this ministry support has been taken over by another person. And in the church settings, it's very common. They, a lot of people don't see it as um, a problem. So for me, what I do is I try to raise my people. So if I was, I mean, if I'm going back again in ministry, I would really, really concentrate a lot uh, on my leaders to find out out of um, the 20 people, which one will be 12. Because when the ministry grows without that effective decision, um, you will not have time to do that. And it will be difficult for you to know your Judases. So um, as a pastor, you protect both what is outside and what is inside. You are helping the church you are defending the church outside. At the same time, you are defending the church inside. Uh, if the church outside affects, uh, you are not able to defend well, it affects the church. If you are not able to defend internally, it affects the church. In some even churches, it looks like politics, especially the Orthodox churches. So some are even able to influence pastors to leave, especially the Orthodox churches. They are able to influence pastors to be transferred to another place because they don't like them. Now, in the charismatic settings, it's different. It's quite even uh, fragile. You have a member who can swallow a pastor and 
convince the pastor that they, the two of them can start a ministry and they can just start a ministry just like that. In the Orthodox Church is not like that. Maybe they will influence the pastor to be transferred or something like that. Uh, um, so I, I would like to do that because when people are well trained and they understand your vision, they don't do a different thing. And then comes to a point whereby um, if your leaders don't totally represent the call God has given you, they will start reflecting other calls. So you find out that one particular church is full of like jollof rice with uh, plantain, uh, with chicken, with egg. Another man is saying, another one of your people would uh, go and listen to TDJs, one will listen to Polar White, one will listen to this, all of them will come there. So by the time you start your service, open prayer, TDJs. And the next one, Polar White, MC. You realize, you can see there is no uh, succession and anointing on them. And that is why it is important to have that training uh, before you start ministry. And two, I think also you should really go for power. Um, power brings willingness. Um, um, I've had people who have tried to kill me several times. Uh, some time back I came and there was a, a juju in, at the, in front of my door and I realized it only when I've stepped on it. And God helped me and nothing happened to me. There are times you are traveling alone often. So you have to also look for power, and the power of God that is hidden behind you. Because some people can just rise up and say they will destroy you. And sometimes they are right, they have the basis to destroy you. But what they don't know is that the power of God is with you. So you need to have power and you need to spend time with God for that power. That's number two. Uh, number three is um, um, Be very ethical with um, the people that also comes to your church. Uh, be very ethical with them. When I say ethical, is uh, be very, very official with them, uh, especially the guest ministers. Um, if it's possible, always let the one of your lawyer people be the one handling them because uh, you can have a guest who is coming to preach to you and he, whilst your members are trying to engage him or her, um, those pastors will be convincing them to join them. At the same time, whilst, whilst um, they have come to preach in your church. So you have to be very ethical and expose the right people to the right people or else you realize that you have had a successful program, but you've lost one of your key people. Very, very, very important. Um, and then also, um, get a good wife. Yeah. The challenges you experience whilst you are not married in ministries is enormous. So it's better from day one before you come. And um, it will give you stability, it will give you credibility, and it will give you your peace of mind. 
and then also uh, don't come out from school to say you are coming into full-time ministry. You already know me. I'll drive you away. Um, even if you go for Bible school and you come back, go back and work so that you can have your own family. You can have your family you can take care of. If you come into full-time ministry and then you pray and you pray and you pray and then a lady says she's going to marry you, you didn't say you're going to marry her. And in front of all the people too, they don't know that is the lady that is marrying you. It's not you that is marrying her. You're going to be in trouble. It means um, it's another thing. You should be able to marry her. You should be able to provide everything she needs to be married to. So before you come also into ministry, maybe when you lead open prayer, when you are professor in church, there's this nice girl in the corner there. Oh, you are so nice. Oh, you are so powerful. You are so this. You are so this. You are so that. You know, and maybe she's working in one of the nice, um, wonderful companies. And then say, oh, please, let's get married. Let's get married. And then a person gets you married. And, you know, people around you are influencing. Oh, get married. Get married. You're a pastor. You don't do those things. You need to really take your time to because um, some of them see marriage as ownership. They own you. And some of them are not grown very well. And it is your fault as a leader that you didn't know that. It is your fault, not anybody else's fault. You know, so if you keep these key points, you will have a smooth ministry because you're not going to lie to anybody to take their money because you have a job. If people are helping you, it means they are supporting you. It means nobody will be stealing your members because you don't steal people's members. It means you have anointing to protect you behind the unseen. It means at least you have one reliable person, your wife always praying for you. It means um, you have leaders who are loyal to you. When you have all these factors like uh, nutrients mixed together, you have your peace of mind. As you have some of them inviting them, they'll be praying with them um, on the phone, they'll be calling them. You have sent some people, go and win souls for me. By the time you realize the souls belongs to them. So people are funny. And church members, their minds are different. So some of them, they will not know. So you have to be very careful. I think I'll bring my message to an end. I've said a lot. <laughs> Thank you very much, Papa. You have been so helpful to us. I'm grateful for having you as a father. Welcome, welcome, thank you welcome, very welcome much. Richard. All right, thank you so much. Um, we have finished 200 messages from last year up to now, so we think today, um, uh, the last remaining seasons, we should relax and, and just pray for people. I think we'll do the next week, we'll do the final questions. Um, Friday, we'll do the last questions and then we'll go on a break and then we'll be back again and then we will continue. So um, thank you for joining us. My name is Prophet Paul Reagan, this life enjoy prophetic encounter. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, all my administrators. Thank you so much. We'll provide my contact, my details for you to reach me. Talk to me, send me a message, it's fine. We will talk. God bless you and thank you for joining us. Bye-bye.
Okay, let me give you one of my. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Thank you for your message. I'm blessed. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for the, the text message you sent. God bless you. Thank you. Alright, thank you. Okay, thank you too. I'm grateful. Thank you. God bless all of you for sending me encouraging messages. We're excited. The next project is coming again on Friday. We have to prepare ourselves spiritually again. We'll meet you on Friday. Thank you once again. Bye.